Hey, welcome back to Quarantine, the podcast I do to keep myself from losing my mind during the pandemic. My uh, guest today is not only one of my favorite up-and-coming comedians, but she's also one of my favorite people to just talk about comedy with in general. So when the Improv put out a questionnaire on Instagram a couple of days ago asking, like, who's your favorite comic? What's your ultimate lineup? What was the first show you saw? I was super excited to see her answers so I listed her as one of the people to like do the you know you know those online annoying Instagram chain things we call them annoying but we also kind of love being tagged in them and then we're like oh I did this stupid thing but uh, this was a fun one and I and I and I chose her she was one of the people I forwarded it to none of the four people I forwarded it to or chose to like do their questionnaire did it but I would say that I was maybe most interested in hearing her answers. So on today's show, I uh, you know I catch up with her, see how she's doing during the during the quarantine, uh, talk to her about you know missing comedy and stuff. She would crack a bunch of hilarious jokes, duh. And uh, I also you know kind of force her to do as much of the questionnaire as she was able to complete on the podcast with me before she had to go and do a much more popular podcast than mine and by more popular podcast than mine i mean that it gets you know any number of views you're a more po- more popular podcast than mine if you get any amount of listens or views basically i'm not doing this for the pop anyone who started a podcast right now and claims that they like started a podcast like start a huge hit podcast is is out of their mind the only reason to start a podcast right now is to keep yourself busy with something to do which is what i'm doing and if people listen to it great you know i think they're entertaining episodes and and i and i think we have cool conversations and i'm, I'm happy you uh checked them out but without further ado episode 18 of quarantine with the very funny monterey martinez What's up? Hello. Monterey? How are you? Good. Yay. How are you doing? Good. I have a ring light. No big deal. I don't want to brag. <laughs> um, I don't. I have. I have a window. I, well, I've been good. opening. I've been opening the blinds, but it's a little. It overexposes me a little bit, but it clears all my feet. Your lighting looks good. I have to have a ring light. It's not even mine. It's my roommate's. But because I have really big eyes that pop out of my head. If like certain lighting, it's like I am terrifying to look at because it's like because the eyes pop out of your head, it just creates all these like crazy bags. And so it's like light is like my friend. Like there's so many pictures of me on stage where I'm like, can you please like delete that and like never use that to uh, (laughs) blackmail me? Because like I'll look legit crazy. So ring lights are life. How have you been doing? I'm good. I uh, I'm trying to. I've been working on uh, this one pilot and I, I've completely changed it like four different times. And I'm like, I don't know if it's good or I don't know if I'm like, I just keep changing it because I just keep needing something to write. And I'm like, I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. I was like, it's a lot of aliens involved now. So we'll see. I'm totally kidding. Nice, Um, nice, nice. Well, it sounds like you're taking studio notes before the studio even gave you notes. (laughs) Exactly. Can we get some aliens in this rom-com? Can we get some, uh, can we get get some some... explosions? We need people love CGI. People love death. 
They're like, you do have a lot of crying in on every page. So we, you know, we're <laughs> and, concerned about that. And by about that, that, I mean, like, the pages are wet from you yeah, crying for... while you write. No, they're not. It's not <laughs> yeah. in the script. There's just been a lot of crying. There's a lot of tears and dried up. script that you right. sent us a hard copy of, weirdly, yeah, even though like, we're in a so digital age. Weird. Where, and is there uh... blood on this? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> this is my this is my baby. You'll 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 green light this if you know what's good for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not my blood, so we'll just say that. Uh, um, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I mean, like you know, I've been as I've been as good as like you can be during this. Right. I think, like, I don't know. The only person I know who's like doing better mm-hmm. is evan kessler who was house sitting oh, yeah, evan kessler was house sitting for his friend in hawaii oh my god so and, you're like... and then this happened and his friend is trapped in san francisco and can't get back to hawaii so evan is just trapped in this little beach hut in hawaii with a dog like Living just chilling just literally just, like wow. it, it, I know I'm so, I was so jealous when I when I had that's him amazing. I saw like a couple that. or like something on like Facebook where they got stuck at their honeymoon, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like that sounds. I mean, that sounds amazing, but like, how are like food places and stuff staying open or like grocery like whatever? But Way yeah, to put the relationship to the test right at the start. Yeah, absolutely. Are you 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 are da- are you dating? To go talk, like, are you allowed to talk about that you're dating someone? Uh, I can cut it out if you want. I mean, oh, you don't have to say who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you uh, talk well, about it in your stand-up. You talk about it in your stand-up. Oh, I don't talk about him in my stand-up. No, no, well, I you say huh? dating. You have the whole like uh, good sex joke. Oh, you should be the president. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally forgot about that joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're. I was like, well, we're not dating now. Um, but we're friends, so it's totally fine. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. But so, you're not. You're not. You're not quarantining together. No, 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 no. Not right. quarantining together. Yeah, no, no. But I have been hanging out with. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have like a roommate, obviously, and oh, then okay. I, I don't know why I thought you lived alone. No, I don't. I used to live alone, but it's like. It's just so fucking expensive now. Like, there's times I wish I never got rid of my apartment because I was I was living off like Melrose and Wilton, like right by Larchmont, and I was paying eleven fifty for a one bedroom. What? Yeah. Was it rent controlled? Yeah, and oh. it, it was it was rent controlled, but I lived there for like two years. But then I ended up I me and uh, my ex ended up moving in together, and we got rid of my apartment, and then which I'm like. Um, and and then I ended up moving to New York. So it's like, no matter what I would have, that apartment would have went away, but I'm like, God damn it. I should have never gotten a relationship. Should have never went to New York just so I could still have that apartment. How long did you live in New York for? I was there for like a year. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Were you doing stand up in New York? Well, tech, that was the plan. Technically. So like when I first went back to, uh new york i went to buffalo like to save up more money because i was like oh my god like i was like i don't have enough money to go straight to new york and like look for a job um so i went to buffalo bartended for two months there so when you say you went to new york you're like i went to new york state but basically but basically shitty canada (laughs) 
Yeah, you basically exactly. went to Canada with American politics and healthcare. <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah. Did, Buffalo's just Canada if you removed every advantage to being in right. Canada. <laughs> exactly. Buffalo is how we haven't just like let that city just get buried in a blizzard and just be like, all right, well, we're done. Like, there's no more <laughs> Buffalo. Like, how it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love where I'm from, but it's just like, there's no, there's no need for it. Uh, but so I went, yeah, I went to Buffalo for two months and then I went to New York city for, I was actually only in New York city for six months and being there. So I went there like June to like January and then just like one part of that winter. What? What year? Uh, 2017. 2017. So, um, yeah. So I, I left like the beginning or whatever yeah so actually I was only gone in uh, total I was only gone for like eight months like and but I was in New York for six of those New York City but anyway but when I was there after like one winter like doing one winter of like trying to do mics I was like there's no way god bless all those comics that (laughs) do it but because you have to think like this like you either if you move to so I'm from Buffalo but I came to California first and then going back to really shit weather it's really hard especially we have the luxury of going to Mike's like we're in our cars we can drive around and see the neighborhood if there's no park it's like the luxury of your car and like doing bikes is everything you can have your sweatshirts in that you can just pack in there you can have some snacks in there you can run your set you can just do whatever you want in your car and in New York City there is none of that so there's times where you get off the train and you're in the fucking hood and you're like oh i don't feel safe and that it's just yeah i have i have a slightly different perspective on Mm. it um but because i i try not to drive out here which is insane yeah I, i like walking around i like the public transportation right and Back when I had a full-time job out here and I'd try to do mics, I'd, like, get off at, like, 5, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then have to drive from Santa Monica to wherever the mic was yeah. through rush hour traffic. And it would yeah, be, a like, a solid hour, and I'd get there, and I'd just be emotionally drained and have a right. headache. And then, like, have to wade through everything, get up, and I, right. I just, it kept me from doing them. And when I lived in New York, you know, being able, once I was acclimated to the weather, being able right. to just take the subway from Mike to Mike to Mike, I loved it. However, I will say, I will say that when I revisited New York in the winter after moving mm-hmm. here, I like, I like needed, I needed a face mask that like didn't even allow air to hit my eyes right. or mouth. It it's, was so bitter and painful. It's brutal. I, uh, and like I Buffalo is worse, but yeah, I mean, it's fucking cold and and like I there are Buffalo is like, worse, but you don't leave your home because where exactly. what, what are you gonna do in Buffalo? Nothing. That's why everyone there is an alcoholic. They're like, well, they're like, there's nothing else to do. Might as well <laughs> drink. And you're like, you could you could just not like. But that's why for me, New York was just like it. I mean, everything, like everything that could go wrong, like went wrong for me in New York, but it was just like living situation, job situation, stand up, like just like I barely did any stand up when I was there because I was like bartending and, and, you know, you in New York City, it's not as like no matter how much money you make, it's not enough. It's not enough. (laughs) And in L.A., it's like 
everybody here is like model, actor, dancer, writer, director. So everybody, mo- every job is like cool with like, hey, we can only give you two or three shifts. And you're like, that's perfect. Out there, you work five, just like you would work five shifts, your day job, you work five shifts, your night job too. Like they're like, I don't care what you do. They're like, you work five days here. So because it's, you know, it's much more of like a finance town. Cause like here in LA, you're like, Hey, I need someone to cover my shift. I've got an audition on Thursday, but in right. New York, you can't be like, Hey, I need to cover my shift. I've got a hedge fund pitch on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Just, either exactly. you're pitching head funds or you're serving alcohol to the people pitching hedge funds. Right. It's, <laughs> it's much. Yeah. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, New York is amazing. If you have like a nine to five job, like if you're in that like bracket of like lifestyle, it's great because it's like, yeah, you never have to worry about traffic. You never have to worry about like, you know, like planning stuff. It's like so easy to just like get around. But for like bartending out there, it sucks because the bars are open till four. So by the time you get done and you clean, you do your paperwork, you do your checkout, it's like 530 in the morning. The trains only run every half hour then. There's no direct line. So it's like you're getting home at 7, 730 in the morning from bartending. So it's like. <laughs> You oh, yeah, because it goes all night. There's no, there's no cutoff. Yeah, uh, well, I, it um, closes at four. Yeah. I yeah yeah, but then like breakfast is open. Right, uh, right, right. I would I so many nights when I was living in New York, party till four, yeah. and then like be at some diner eating eating yeah. like waffles. And uh, then it's eight in the morning. But like I wasn't even going out to eat. I was just getting home, and then it's like. I can't go to bed right away. It's like, it takes me, you know, a minute to wind down. So it's like, I'm going to bed at 8 a.m. So obviously it's like, I'm sleeping till 4 p.m. The whole entire day's done. Like, so it was just like a really like miserable lifestyle for me. But I do think like, I, I would love to go back to New York as a comic. Not right now. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would love to go back eventually to New York, like as a comic, like not having to like bartend because then- Cause I'm sure other comics that I know out there, like they, I don't know, like some, they have day jobs or like they have whatever the fuck they do. It's, uh, you just have to have the right job to do stand up out there. Well, cause I, yeah. I feel incredibly lucky cause I was on the cusp of going like, if this is like around the time of year, I usually go to New York. Yeah. I, ju- I was like just about, I was planning a trip to New York yeah. right before all this happened. And I'm just like, Oh, how awful. Yeah, how awful it would have been right. to have just like gotten to New York for like my two week trip right when all this right. went down. Oh my! It would have been brutal. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but it's like all the apartments are so small. So yeah, it's like- I would have been on the couch in my brother's like apartment that's barely bigger than my bedroom as a whole. Yeah, it's just like that's the thing too, and people are like. You're just, I mean, for whatever reason, however it works out, like no matter what lifestyle you live, you're literally just never home. Like there are so many times I would leave my house at 8 a.m. Like I remember I was like training like for this like really fancy Michelin star restaurant. I would work some nights till I would get home at like 7 a.m. and I would take an hour nap and then I would have to leave my house by 8 a.m. And I would like, and I'd be gone from 8 a.m. till the whole entire like next night because it's like, you do your this thing during the day, then everybody has their afternoon thing, then you meet up this per. It's just like it. You just have to have one bag, and you have like an extra pair of high heels in there. You have kind of like a cuter shirt in there in case you go to. But you just like you're just gone like all day, every day. Like I like that part of it, but just 
yeah it's when you struggle like being a like struggling comedian in la is a lot more luxurious than being a struggling comic in new york yeah another thing is it's just the most aggressively capitalistic state most aggressively capitalistic place in the world i remember like last time i was there i was walking around and i saw a, a uh an economist you know the economist mm. magazine they had a yeah. truck serving coffee like selling coffee and mm-hmm. i'm like when the economist needs to sell coffee to get by yeah like, you know yeah. like they're yeah. like they're like we're not gonna make it we know we know we're not gonna make it yeah, in yeah, city yeah. unless we start <laughs> slinging joe you know yeah um yeah. I, uh, one of the reasons, well, you know, many reasons I want to talk to you. You always, you always crack me up. Uh, one of my oh, favorite comics out <laughs> there. And, uh, and I always love, I love talking comedy with you. You're one of my favorite people to like just oh, talk thanks. comedy in general with. But you were one of four people I tagged mm-hmm. in that improv, like oh, yeah. questions about comedy thing, which not one person I tagged, <laughs> like, uh, responded I to. His- or reposted and Alex Hanna tagged me in it too. And I was trying to respond, but I just feel like I have so much to say and then I couldn't make it small enough. And then I just got frustrated. I was like, I was like, I can't have this out if it can't say exactly what I wanted to say. So well, I'm going to do Kelly Ryan and Alex Hanna, the service oh. of forcing you through it oh, okay. right now. Uh, but I, I make them. I've made amendments. I've made like slight amendments to it because I think it's yeah. interesting. Like they asked, "What's the first live stand-up comedy show you saw?" And like, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I couldn't remember. Like, I, I don't mm. know what the first. I know it was at my local club, Boconuts. But like the first one that was memorable, the right. first one I remember is right. seeing Al Lubell uh, at at my local club, and gotcha. the first one that. Uh, the first time I remember seeing stand up at all was Dana Carvey on Comedy mm. Central. Oh, and I nice. also I also remembered seeing that and thinking I was doing a bad thing, like I was like sneaking porn or something. <laughs> like, oh, I'm naughty. Yeah. I I, well, I just felt like I don't know what it was about stand up and I don't know if like my parents had tried stopping me from watching it before, right. but I felt like I was watching something that's very adult and right. that like I like I'm doing something bad. Right, right, uh, right. What was so? I asked, what was the first stand up you saw that like made an impact? Of like, right. oh, this is. I remember, um, I always liked stand up when I was younger, but I didn't know that I like liked it. I was just like, I, I, it was just always on, like, I always had it on, and I was like, yeah, like, I, I love like watching people do jokes, but I didn't like know, like, oh, I must really like stand up. Uh, I remember the first time where I remember it was like super significant was um, I was me and this other girl, we were about to go to this party and my friend was still getting ready and we were at this girlfriend's house and her dad was watching George Carlin in the living room on HBO and uh, I was like walking by and I was just like waiting for her and then uh, they were all in the kitchen and then like I kept like sneaking, you know, because they're all talking and there was like a few of us there. And I just remember being like, I did not care what, what they were talking about. I was like, oh, I want to keep watching like what this guy's talking about. And then her dad was like, you can come sit on the couch. Because I was like, just kind of like behind the couch, like watching. And he's like, you can come sit on the couch. Ca- not like on his lap. That's weird. Like, <laughs> and I was like, daddy, am based, I grounded? Uh, based on your stand up, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> if- <laughs> I'm like, I got an allowance. So 
Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so he was like, you can come sit on the couch. And then I was like sitting on the couch. And then I remember like my two friends were like, oh, my God, like Monterey, like you're such a boy. Like you only like boy stuff. So I was always like a tomboy. And and then I remember like they were like, OK, like we're ready to leave. And I was like, oh, fuck, I really want to finish watching this. And I remember like not wanting to go to this party or whatever. Cause I was like, I just want to keep watching this. And it was George Carlin. I don't remember which one it was of his. This was going back like 2003 or but yeah. His, two- but his hard truths about America were really affecting you even then. Yeah. George oh, yeah. Carlin I was laying like, down hard truths of. Oh, I was so invested. I was like, oh my God. And I had already watched stand up before that, but I used to watch all the time. Uh, Every night before I went to bed, um, on BET, they used to have a comic view on there at 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember comic view. Yeah. And, like, every night came out at 11, and, like, that was, like, my shit. I remember uh, J.J. Arnez used to be, like, the host that I used to watch a lot. And then, like, um, uh, Bruce Bruce used to host. And I loved watching that. And I loved, like, I remember, like, sometimes, like, picking out the comics, being like, why was this guy funnier than this guy? Or, like... What did I, and I I remember like trying to like figure out like why I liked certain people more than other people. And just like, yeah, even then, like I was always very curious about it. But yeah, those are like the first like moments. Like I remember like really watching stand up. I also, yeah, the, the first big one, the first like thing that really got me where I was like, I love stand up and like it even Mm -hmm. like occurred to me. I was like then trying to like do stand up for my parents in the living room. Uh, after <gasps> oh, watching was uh, Eddie Murphy delirious. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would go to school and inappropriately regurgitate like material from that show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like really I saying just things. Some just, ice cream. Uh, yeah. Love that. But I, my favorite bit, my favorite bit back then when I was a kid was the James Brown impression on SNL. Oh, yeah. Just like saying incomprehensible things. My favorite bit now is the barbecue at his house with his aunt falling down the stairs. Uh, I love the aunt falling down the stairs and making just tons of noise bit. Okay, there it goes. Um, what, what was your favorite bit now? My favorite bit now is the aunt falling down the stairs and like just sh- like forever, just like taking 10 minutes. Oh, to fall down yeah, the stairs. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kept Wait, trying to stop her. Eddie Murphy, uh, delirious. Oh. Like it's just, it's, it's like he has oh, the barbecue oh, at his house. And every barbecue, his aunt would fall down the stairs and like she tried yeah. to stop herself. So it would take like 10 minutes of just right. her. Right. Is Delirious the Delirious red, is the red leather suit. jacket? Oh, no, it's a red, red suit? Okay. Yeah. I like Bra never... too a lot, but not quite as much. Right. Uh, okay. It's so, funny because like I remember watching those like being young. And I mean, it's that's like a lot of stand up. Like it's a lot of movies, shows where it's like, you watch when you're young and then you watch when you're older and then you watch when you're a stand-up comic. It's just like, it's just funny how you perceive it so different. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So now favorite comedian. Um, well, I, I broke this up one. into six. I broke this up. Yeah. I, I saw. Yeah. I had my personal favorite, my original favorite, the biggest, the like the superstar. I love right. uh, the up and comer and someone who I recently really got into and then yeah. just like someone who's a little different than stand up but still falls in right to the category. Yeah, you really yeah, you really had a full spectrum. I was I like, know. Okay, I, cause I, had, yeah. cause I had trouble like I, I yeah, didn't narrowing wanna, you know, it down I, for sure. It was personal Alubel, original Eddie Murphy, superstar Chappelle, rising Lizzie Cooperman, recent Sam Morell, and then alternative the amazing yeah. Jonathan. 
So you could do it broken down like that. Or oh, I will. I, was however, like, oh, yeah, I, I assumed you will because you had a hard time. So I'm making it yeah, yeah, yeah. I was by like, making uh, it more complex. Um, I like growing up, like my favorite comic was definitely Chris Rock. Like when I first saw him, I was like, oh my God. Like, it's so crazy because to this day, like not even like as jokes, but like I quote like his stand up as like lessons where like somebody would be saying something and I'm like, oh, that's like Chris Rock jokes. You're meeting their representative. You're not really meeting the true them because they're trying to get something out of you. Like, and they're like, oh yeah. Or like, uh, when I talk about you know, uh, people with less are allowed to make fun of people with more like Chris Rockstra. I always quote his stuff like still to this day. Um, but he was my favorite. He was a person where I was like, holy shit. Like he's just such a, he's such a like preacher and like a teacher. Like you learn stuff when you watch him and then just how he speaks or like, it's like you're like at a sermon. So I always loved him. And then there are a couple Chris Rock jokes that I think about all the time. And that like, that like, I feel like very much relate to that. One my, one of my favorite, my favorite Chris Rock joke definitely is a smart um, stripper. No, my favorite one oh. is he goes, uh, he goes, um, because you always hear about, men talking about the crazy women they're dating, but you never hear women talking about the crazy men. That's because if you're dating a crazy guy, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, gonna <laughs> yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. I love that. And then I love the big piece of chicken. Um, like about like the when you accidentally took the big piece of chicken as a kid and the mom's like, no, that's for your dad. He gets the big piece of chicken. Like, and then she's like sewing together like two drumsticks and a thigh, trying to be like, whatever. I love that <laughs> bit. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. So that's your original favorite. That's my original favorite. And then definitely, uh, I mean, I've, everybody knows like I'm a huge Big Bull, Big Bull. Wow. I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. Like, definitely like diehard Bill Burr fan. Um, so like I first yeah when I first saw him I first saw him actually on um at the uh, it was like he was performing on the Apollo or something so I first saw him like years ago like before like before his like first special came out but like I didn't know who he like was I wasn't like oh that's Bill Burr and then when I saw his special I was like I know I've seen this guy before and I started like looking up his old stuff and I was like oh my god I was like I remember he um. I want to say it was the Apollo, but it was like where he did the bit about like, you know, living in dating a girl when he uh, like being a white guy having to go visit her in Harlem. And then he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I don't think black dudes are scary. He's like, but if it's a black dude with like ugly shoes on, then you should be scared of that black man. <laughs> like, um, And he was like, he, he does this like whole bit about being the only white guy in Harlem and then like being like oh now I know how black people feel when they're like out in like the suburbs like whatever it's much funnier than making it but I remember being like this guy's fucking funny and then I just never you know hurt saw him or whatever and then when his first special came out I probably saw the 2008 one not till 2010 because I didn't have Netflix in 2008 I started I had Netflix like I think around 2010 and then that's when I saw Bill Burr and I was like who the I remember like I remember, like, I obviously I didn't start stand up yet, but like, I had like the like fantasy of it, and I remember like watching his special and being like, oh, like I'm, I'm definitely not gonna do stand up now. Like now that that is exists, like no, like there's well, no just, way. 
I just told this story on the last um, the last podcast I did, but um, when I was first starting stand up, super like like ridiculous that I got this opportunity, which I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. Obviously, didn't capitalize on because I wasn't ready for it and shouldn't have gotten, but. I just like had made friends with like the booker at this club mm-hmm. and they Is this in Florida or This is in New York. Oh, and they York. got okay. me they got me on a showcase that like bookers from Jimmy Fallon at that time doing late night not the tonight show. Right. was um was doing mm-hmm. and uh I like the night before and my material like I watched the video of that show and it was awful um right. but like i thought i still thought my jokes were good. i just was I del- i've deleted every <laughs> video i have at that time but um i remember the night before i was watching jim gaffigan mm. just like like to watch stand up just uh, yeah. felt like if that would like psych me in and i just remember thinking "Ugh, this guy puts me to shame and yeah. then I'm in the green room waiting to go up and Jim Gaffigan walks into the green room, goes up like, to the booker and asks to be put put up and he puts him up right before me and, and just like, completely no, no. psyched me out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's just a similar just a similar feeling when to you're like, like you're like, how the f-? I was like, oh, like I'm not. I was like, there's no way like that's I was like, this guy's fucking God. I was just like, I was so. I mean, I became like obsessed with him. Like, I, I mean, I still am. Um, but yeah. So would, he, I, so would he double as both your personal favorite and like your superstar favorite? Um, no, because like I'll say like for superstar, it's weird because it's like kind of like you. I categorize them, but I categorize them like differently. I'll be like, oh, this is someone who I think is such a strong writer. This is someone who I think is like does impactful like righteous oh, you could, comedy you, yeah you could do your categories i, I like your yeah. categories so what um, would be your for like technicians and like technicians which to me means like writer i would pick like dave attell like he's someone who i'm just like oh my god like even like watching his like really old stuff like he was always just like no fat like per- and like I feel like Sam Morell is like going in that like way too, like that. My but I pick think for recent recent favorite. Right, I do think that um, the the difference with like Dave Attell is that like he he's more he has like more of like performance in him, and I think I think obviously you know everybody goes through waves in stand up, so I think the best of Sam hasn't come out yet. I think once he's a little bit more like relaxed and like loose, I'm not saying like obviously I don't know what personally he's thinking. He's just very tight. He's just, there's not a lot of performance. Like not saying he has to be like <laughs> like doing like act outs, but it's just it's very like reciteful. And like even when David Tell went, was in his young years, he wasn't reciteful with it. He's like it was just it was like the perfect like really tight jokes but like very perfect like energy and like his delivery. So interesting. But I, do... I do, I do, I, I have, I have mixed feelings about that comment on Sam because I do mm-hmm. agree with you that it sounds very written, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I mean, I feel like I identify with him sort of a lot and like the way right. I do stand up, but sure. I think that there's very much also a cadence to his delivery that like For makes sure. it work in his voice more than, it works in other people's voices. Right. Uh, like, like, like I don't feel like people reciting Sam Morell jokes 
I think like the biggest difference between being just a writer and a little bit more is how well somebody else is capable of just redoing your joke. And I feel like people doing Sam's jokes doesn't land quite as well as when he does it. Right. Because he's got a certain cadence about it. Because it's like you, I I mean, we could like try for fun. You know what I mean? Because it's Mm -hmm. like a good comic would be able to read any comics and like perform it. You know what I mean? Like, good comics get like what that comic is doing so you're like but like maybe a person off the street wouldn't be able to but i feel like a good comic could i wonder if there was like a way to like legitimately have like cover artist comics they used to they used to do a show like that i don't i think it was the comedy store where it's like you guys used to have to perform each other's set and whoever like did the best job as the other person like would win well mark norman had started a show out in los angeles on halloween where mm. comics do one minute as like other comics. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. But like you could either just, you know, everyone's supposed to ideally dress up to look like the person, but right. you could either like do their bit the way they do it, like just try to nail their bit, right. or you could do something to make fun of them. I remember one of the right. funniest ones I saw was somebody did, um, someone did Louie and they did the bit about cell phones going to space, you know, that oh, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later in the show, someone was Dane Cook and they did like, you know, like cell phones are just like going to fucking space, you know? Yeah. And he just funny. did Louie's yeah. bit from earlier as Dane right. Cook. Uh, I thought really that funny. was really funny. That's really funny. But yeah, like definitely stronger. Jim Gaffigan, I would put in for strong writer for like technician. Um, he's one of the best too where you're just like oh my god there's just so many coming out at you and then there's like poetic writers like i would say Patton oswell is like one of the like he's like a wordsmith like when i hear his jokes i'm like and john mulaney's like that too where it's Mm -hmm. just like you're composing amazing sentences that if you weren't performing this if i were just to read this this would be like really great literature i think those two do that really well yeah it's interesting like it's interesting with both of them because I, I really like both of them, um, especially Patton Oswalt, because I he really appealed to me when I was at the perfect age to like Patton Oswalt. And mm-hmm. I feel like if I were that age watching Mulaney, I would like Mulaney more. Not that I right. don't like Mulaney, but right. just neither of them anymore, like, super excite me to watch. Right, uh, right, right. Interestingly, because I think they're both extremely talented. I don't right. just like either of them. Right. I think they're both just tremendous like writers like because there's writers like technician like you know how to write a joke and then you know what I mean and again that's like Mm -hmm. Gaffigan and Attell and Sam and then I think there's like writers where like oh like you probably would have been a writer outside of stand-up where it's like you're creating like beautiful like pages of like composition where you're like wow like it doesn't it's not necessarily like well obviously it is funny too but i'm saying like just their sentence comp like composing you're like oh like that's like that's mm-hmm. such a, a perfect image it's like they really create with you and you're like holy shit and i think they're like really good examples of that to where i'm like jesus like this is so good uh you know who actually does that too sometimes uh rachel feinstein she's she's really good at painting like really good pictures like if you listen to her but like she's okay. yeah 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 She'll paint really good pictures too. Like where you're like, oh, what's her one bit? It's on her uh, Netflix half hour. She uh, she talks about like performing at a show, and uh, she was saying like how like the club owner 
was like, um, I forget how it goes, but the club owner knew she was like Jewish. And so he's like, um, he, she was like, he was always trying to like appeal to me because I'm Jewish. I forget how the bit goes, but it's, uh, it's so funny to me where he's like, um, he's like holding something and he's like, Hey, little Jew girl. Like he's, I, uh, I can't remember <laughs> it, but like, and the way she does it and the way she paints it. Cause you could just tell it's like this hillbilly, like owner guy who's an, Oh, that's what it was. She was his first Jewish person that he had met. And like the way she like sets it up with like, she just does such a good job of like showing how like ignorant this guy was, but or just showing how simple, like she does just the way she does it. We were like, Oh, I could just totally see this green room. I could totally see what this guy looks like. I could totally hear how this guy speaks. Like, and then like, he does this like little thing where it's like, Hey, little Jew, like I got your money. Like, and then she's like, Oh, oh, my money. Like she does this whole act out. I'll have to send it to you. But it's so funny. And like, I love that bit. I love, I love. You just love hearing anyone be like, hey, little Jew. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're like, like, he gets them. He gets them. The character in her story knows. (laughs) No, I just love bits where it's like, you can totally, you're like submerged in it where it's like, you can totally see everything. And you're like, oh, I love that. Especially early Patton Oswalt is just so great at, because it's like, I mean, you know, when I was like I said, when I was a kid, I was always trying to like go to school and then like tell people the bits from all the shows I would see. And like there was a period of time where Patton was my absolute favorite. But it's like so hard to do because they were like like the Tom Carvel ice cream guy, Robert Evans uh, doing football commercials. Yeah. Like they were like impressions, but they were like kind of going a step further yeah, impress- just like these really awesome detailed stories of such like interesting characters while he wasn't even really situational shit is happening. Yeah, because he wasn't. And this is like what I think is the ultimate type of impression. He wasn't really nailing what they actually sound like. He was right. getting the core of what they were. Were and exactly. That, it's like it's so much like affecting you from the place. Right. Of, like, That's the perfect thing of saying it like that. Like. It's not so much where they're doing a perfect impression. It's just they are nailing the essence of that kind of person. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, yes. So it's like, and then your imagination with like how well, you're like. It's like what I used to love about Louis's show is I used to yeah. think that Louis, like it was funny, like you'd watch it and everything that happened in Louis was always just how the thing felt. Yeah, like, that's like one of my surre- favorite shows of all time. It was surreal, but surreal in that like everything showed you like it's surreal, it- but it's ba- some of it is surreal, but some of it is very situational, and it's like, and then it gets a little surreal, but it's like his his show is one of my favorite shows oh. of all time. Like I remember the first time I saw it, I just started crying. So I was like, oh, I didn't know they could make have something like that. His, have you watched his new special? Yeah. Oh, you oh, watched yeah. it. It was yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I liked it for sure. I, um, I, did you watch it? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Yet. Yeah. No, I, watched I, it I, I, there's like, there, you know, I feel, I, I get, I feel like I don't want, you know what, you know what it was that turned me off to, to, mm. to buying it was the letter that he sent out being like, you know, some people need to laugh right now. Other people, it just like, it, it just felt like, I was just like, trying to make some money you just you know right. release a new special watch 
just this kind of like per, like this sort of like acting. Well, did like you guy. read the whole bottom? Because he was like, please. He goes because yeah, it's not like, free or anything. And um, wait, what do you mean? Oh, because he was saying something. Uh, what time is it right now? Uh, three oh eight. Oh, oh shit! Uh, he Kurt was just saying three fifteen. Um, I was saying like I he he said something at the end where he was just like um, he goes uh, yeah, and if you want to reach out to me because of the jokes, he's like uh, he probably won't respond. He's like actually I I won't respond. I definitely won't read it. Like he said something like that. Like where I was like I I don't know. I I liked it. I thought it was sincere, and I thought. He's one of the comics where he's like the most like present person. And I always appreciate that because there's so many times where like you see a comic and you know something that's going on with them. Like the public knows something like say they went through a divorce or say, you know, they cheated like Kevin Hart scandal where it's like he kind of addressed it, but like not he, he addressed it, but he didn't really like dive deep into it. Um or, like, with Aziz Ansari, like, he addressed it, but then he didn't, like, really, like, he didn't, like, make, like, a joke. And to me, I was like, no, that's the perfect opportunity. But, like, it doesn't have to be an insincere joke. But Louis is a type of person where he's just always very present. Like, he just always, he always addresses the elephant in the room. He always addresses, like, what we're thinking. He Ex- always is in tune <laughs> to, like, what's, you know what I mean? Except in that, except in that email he sent out about it just because i'm just i just was like i was just like if your whole thing is like some you know some people need to laugh and like just the acting like he did this for the people who need to laugh i was like i was like do you think he was being sarcastic i don't i don't but i just felt like it was to me that like it just annoys so i just haven't watched it yet you know I, i probably will I probably right. will. I'll be honest. I probably will. Yeah, uh, it's really. I listened funny. to the leak. I listened to the leak set. I loved the leak set. That yeah, uh, that joke's not in there, unfortunately. Uh, um, which I was really disappointed by because I really wanted to see how he like you know whatever. But I feel like because it was leaked, he didn't have it in there. But I will say, I do think it's really funny. I do think it's super like he just doubles down and is very present and doesn't back down. And I love all that. But I will say there are a couple jokes and, and people are going to be like, whatever, like, but I'm just being honest. There are a couple jokes in there that I feel like are underdeveloped, which I think because of everything that was going on, he didn't have the opportunity to work these jokes out as much as he, because I'm, I'm a, I also love Lou. Like he's someone who I fucking like, st- there's people who I like study and there's people where I'm like, I just like watch whatever, but like. There's certain comics where, like, I study them. He's one of them, and well, I feel I also, like, what was that? I, well, I also feel like at the point at which he started doing like a full new hour every year, right? Uh, I thought almost all of his specials were good, but under, but had parts that were underdeveloped. Like it was like the first one or two specials he did, I mm-hmm. thought were close to perfect. Yeah, and then I always Shameless felt to that me like, is fucking like. Is that one like of the, the best. first one or the second yeah, one? Yeah, that's the 2000. Well, I, he recorded it in 2006, but it came out in 2007. Yeah. 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 Those ones were great. And then, like, kind of the HBO one he did in like right. the 2016. Oh, my God. See, I really liked, oh, my God. No, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Live I mean, I liked, I liked 
live at the comedy store. I liked all of them. I liked parts of all of them. The right. one he did on HBO, I remember like the first 20 minutes of almost turning off. And oh, then really? like and then like the second half like really got me. Uh, um um I feel like I'm just such a fan of his uh like point of view and his cadence that like I've never had that with him. I've had it with other comics, but I've never had it like, uh, I don't like this or like uh like this like I've genuinely never had that with him. But well, I'd say also like me personally, if I were to pick the person who I most sort of attempt to imitate with my stand-up and not my life choices, it'd be yeah. uh <laughs> it would be him. Right. Like I mean, like I just I look at him and I go, I guess you're like you know, minus minus negative qualities and you know, right. some negative qualities. You're the person who I guess fits who I just am the most right. of like big comics. For uh, sure. Uh, I, so. Yeah, I, I think he's great. I, I really do like the special and I really do appreciate, like I said, like he's just very present, very aware and uh, doubles down. And but like there is a couple jokes where I think it's not even like where I feel like they're underdeveloped. I feel like. I'm like, I feel like I know him. No, but like, I feel like I usually when he takes something and he starts like peeling it back, he like goes all the way to where you feel satisfied. Like, okay, like we've talked about that. We're ready to move on. But I think there was a few subjects that he talked about where I was like, oh, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. And then he just moved on. So maybe it's not that it's underdeveloped. Maybe it's just like, I just wanted to hear more. But I feel like he's one of those comic because that happens a lot in comedy where people are like, on something and they just go here and you're like, no, I wasn't done with that. Last last quick question for you before I let you go to your way more important, bigger no. oh my God. Uh, no. podcast. Um, trust me, it's it's very much more important. No. <laughs> I think this one gets like 15 listen likes or listen. <laughs> hey, um, everything counts. Um, right before all this shit happened. Mm-hmm. I felt like Monterey was like exploding. This was like you, it was, you were having you were having a real moment. I mean, you're doing Kurt Metzger's podcast in like mm-hmm. five minutes. Uh, yeah. Speaking of controversial comedians uh, <laughs> of this era, you were performing lots of clubs. Like, yeah. did you feel a certain devastation by all of this, or just uh, roll with the punches? Like, what was what was for you? Like, I'm just very curious because like yeah. you were you were sort of entering a moment, which I think will come right back the second. You know, people aren't afraid to leave their house again. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely there's there were like points where I was like, oh, great. Like as soon as I because I, you know, like just certain getting certain spots or getting certain shows or and you're like, oh, okay, because they're like pivotal. You're like, oh, this is a time where I got this show or this is a time where I met this club owner. This person's asking me this. So, yeah, I definitely felt like. Of course, like once starts start when stuff starts going good. Of course, there'd be a fucking you know international pandemic where we're not allowed to leave our houses. But at the same time, I feel like I'm not the only comic. That's the whole blessing. Is like there's tons of other comics who are going through the same exact thing as I am, and everybody like everybody has their. You, there's just sometimes where you have your forward success, where you have your outer success, where people can see it, but then you do have your other successes that just because people can't like market, you don't think that you're having success, but it's like you being your best version of a writer or you like coming up with like a system of like, 
okay, I go to this mic and then I go to this one and then I hear the notes. It's like people are having other successes and we all were affected by this. So it's like, I don't want to be like, well, I was getting more shows. So like this hurt me more. No, like I just feel like, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm anything you want to promote before I let you go. Absolutely not. I don't have a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, well, I well, you since, since since you had to get to this other podcast and we didn't get to finish going through that list, I expect yeah. to see your Instagram story posted at some it. point with the complete list with the of complete uh, list. your comedy whatever, idols, whatever, people, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, email me at quarantine podcast at gmail.com no one's emailed me yet nobody listens to the show <laughs> uh and i will uh, thank you monterey for coming on it's always a pleasure I, to talk to you yeah so nice seeing you kind of it was great seeing thing. you too yes. and uh, hopefully we'll see each other again soon in a month yeah in a month very bye, soon okay bye